Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. Uh, today we're coming to you from uh, the State Fair in uh, what uh, Timbuktu, New Jersey. Yeah, it certainly is like that. Um, there's a party going on all around me, so I, you know, but I, I stopped my festivities to come and do a podcast. I failed to actually get to Las Vegas, but you know, it's amazing what Zoom can do. So on this podcast, you'll get to sort of enter the atmospheric space of, uh, where are you, Randy? I'm in Lubbock, Texas right now. Lubbock. 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 It's mm-hmm. the best name for a city in Texas, I think. It is. And, you know, we're, we're all here celebrating um, a birthday, and then we're going to go to the college football game tomorrow. Nice. Nice. Any rodeos down there? Not this time. Not this time, Mark. Well, speaking of rodeos, this upcoming interview is quite a, um, I don't know, that's not a good metaphor. There's no bucking broncos here, but it's really nice to talk to Shelley Woodrow. It is. And we, we, well, we traveled all over the place. We went to Michigan a couple of times, San Diego and Vegas, and we talked about snow, and we talked about media, and we talked about um, entrepreneurs. Yeah, her, her story is a really interesting one. Um, we poked and prodded a little bit. And it was fun. She, she grew up around a whole family of entrepreneurs and uh, a, a fun story. So here's our interview with Shelly. Nice to see you, Shelly. I see that behind you there's some kind of funky images on the wall. And honestly, if I were staring at your screen all day like the background i would just want to have a nice seat in that really comfortable looking (laughs) sofa back there nice it is the sofa bed (laughs) it's very comfortable nice so tell us about those images back there what 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 are we looking at so the first one describes the eos life eos is the entrepreneurial operating system and what i want for myself and for all my clients is that we all live and get to live the eos life which simply is doing what you love with people you love being compensated appropriately making a huge difference in the world with time for other passions So that's living the EOS life. So that's one. And then the other one is uh, a model of the EOS six key components. And we work on strengthening those when I work with business owners and entrepreneurs to help them run a better business. And we do that by strengthening those six key components that you see behind me. Kent, you're muted. Oops, I was saying such nice things. It's a funny phrase of you're muted. It's, it's, you know, if you said it in 1850, people would say, no, I'm very vibrant. What do you mean? So, but in terms of the six keys, you got to be really careful with those two words in adjunct status. Do you ever kind of hear people slip six keys? There, there's so many mistakes you can make. What, a, what kind of word soup happens when people talk about the six keys? I don't really see that. So we we are very specific that there are six key components to business, vision component, people component, data, 
issues, process, and traction. And so we work on strengthening each of those six by using two tools and disciplines that will work to help strengthen each. And so that's what we do when we take our clients on a journey to get what they want from their businesses. And we do that by strengthening those six key components. So I'm interested in the idea of a business and the definition of entrepreneur, because I think it's such a, gosh, we don't really have good definitions of, of what business means and what entrepreneurship means. Small business, oh yeah, 50 million and under. Well, that's real. That, that's not so small for most entrepreneurs. Yeah. How do you see the word entrepreneur and what does it mean to you? Yeah, so for me, it, it just is all about selling products or services where the entrepreneur that usually starts the company tends to be the subject matter expert. They, they build a business, they launch it, they grow it, they add people, which adds complexity. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, when they're successful, they're running an organization and they morph into becoming an organizational leader. And so we work with entrepreneurs that have that spirit, that essence, that, that take those risks to go start these businesses and sell their products or services. And then when they get to that point where they're all of a sudden organizational leaders and want more help because that is not necessarily what they signed up for. <laughs> and so we help them uh, run better businesses, improve execution, mobilize and manage energy to get everybody rowing in one direction, the same direction, so that they can achieve their vision and plan. So that's how I would sum that up. So Shelley, there's a lot of people in this space. There's everybody from um, McCain, uh, what's that big consulting firm, Cain Co., uh, all the way down to K, well, down to KPMG and Coopers and there's a lot of K's in to, there, Andy. There's it's a like, lot of K's. I, I've got K on my mind, and no, she's not an old girlfriend. Let's get back to the question. Um, editors, a lot editors, of, don't a, cut any of this out. <laughs> I know Randy's got this cool background noise today. He's got he's got some weird, yeah. Leave yeah, all there's this, weird this stuff great. going on. Yeah, it looks like I'm at the beach, but I'm actually not. So getting back to the question, there's a lot of people in this space. What makes Shelley uniquely qualified to truly help entrepreneurs? Now, before you answer that, everybody who has their own business calls themselves an entrepreneur, and that's way broad of a definition. So what makes you uniquely qualified to help people? Well, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So I, this is in my blood, it's in my DNA. My grandparents owned the only grocery store in their hometown. My dad owned a deli. My other grandfather owned an insurance agency. And so I was taught to lead businesses, own your own company, run your own company. And I grew up in that way. And so I've, I've either ran or been a part of running every business I've been ever been involved in and uh, have been a franchisee and, and entrepreneur for the last three years myself. And, and I love it. And I think what makes me different is that I've had great corporate experience with a huge company in the uh, ad sales space that had in total 50,000 plus employees. So I know the big side of running business and had big P&L responsibilities myself. 
And then I, I know the entrepreneurial, scrappy, bootstrapped <laughs> company that you've got to, you own it all, good, bad, or ugly. So I think I can bring those experiences to my clients that really help them, you know, because of that vast, wide array of different experiences I've had over the years. So what was your what was your first job in that grocery store and and what age were you? I I was little. I didn't work there. I I was 4 and <laughs> when, when it's my first memory of being in that store and uh, just watching them but what was nice about that is that they they had a great deli and my memories are eating football loaf out of that deli. <laughs> so so that was it made it really fun and a, a great experience. So if you think back to your days in the in the grocery store, and there you think you look at your experience since then, there's only a few reasons that entrepreneurs fail. In your experience, what is the most obvious one? Well, I think there's there's a couple reasons. There's sometimes a feeling that if if sales is strong, then everything else takes care of itself. Or if we have enough money, everything else takes care of itself. And and what I've experienced and, and what, what I've learned over time is that all major functions of business have to be strong. And you've got to get really great at being able to solve your issues as they arise, knock them down, make them go away forever. And when you can do that, when you can manage that skill, you can overcome a lot of obstacles. You can pivot, you can add people, you can downsize, you can right size, you can you can make a lot of moves when you get really good at solving your issues. So th that's been something I've learned along the way. Very important, whether it's in corporate America or in the entrepreneurial space. A lot of people talk about knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, building up on your weaknesses so that you're no longer weak there. Is that a um, something that you subscribe to or do you have a different way? I feel, I feel like that where I get the best results in life just in general is focusing on my strengths, living my strengths, doing what I love to do and I'm best at. And I'm pretty clear about things that I don't do well and I'm not good at and I should never touch. And so that being said, just knowing the difference is, is, is a great starting point. But I don't think that you, you focus on fixing the weaknesses. That's not been where I've had success. Where I've had success is it helping people capitalize on their strengths, build on those strengths, and, and exploit those so, so that they're doing what they love to do and they're great at. So they're living in that natural talent. And so that's what I subscribe to in terms of belief system. So there in that last sentence there, I heard a little bit of the Midwest twang, uh, <laughs> which I grew up in Minnesota, so I can turn a little bit of it on too. So, but I'm curious if we go back to your MBA, curious what your thoughts are about the MBA and where it is in our lives and what it's important for, um, what maybe it isn't good for, I'm just curious, I don't have an MBA. Yeah. And the folks that I meet who do have one, it's, it's, it's so hit or miss whether they're prepared for real business or not. So I'm curious 
what your take is on that as being in both worlds. I did my MBA in 2016. So this was something that that I've just done five years ago. And I will tell you that, honestly, I think it credentializes me. And the real MBA is working in business <laughs> and, and really leading companies, running companies, owning companies. That's where I've gained the most experience. I, I love the value of having the MBA and I 100% enjoyed the experience. Now, it was hard work, took a ton of time as I was running uh, ad sales for Cox Communications for the state of California at the same time. So it was, I, I had zero free time. But the overall value, I think, uh, for me was in the experience and, and the learnings were really things that supported what I knew for the most part, except for statistics. That was, <laughs> was a little bit of an education and, and really valuable. But a lot of the learning comes from experience, at least for me. And I value the MBA. Now, did I make more money or did I uh, do anything differently uh, as a result of having it? Not really. But I'm glad I have it. So... When you were a little kid growing up, what was your surrounding? So you, you, there were these entrepreneurs all around. Was it the Midwest? Where did you grow up? What, what did, what did you think you would be? What did other people say about you? And kind of how did that turn you into an entrepreneur? Because you're, you're a powerful woman. Women entrepreneurs are starting to come into their own. I mean, have already, obviously. And then yeah. with the likes of Mackenzie Bezos and whatever, they got a lot of money and power and so on. So how did you start out and where do you see things going? So the twang that you're sensing is uh, from my Michigan days. I was born in Michigan and lived in a little farm community called Eau Claire, not Eau Claire, like how it's spelled and how they say it in Wisconsin, but we say Eau Claire in Michigan. And uh, it was just a little village. It, it was a town of about a thousand people. And again, my grandparents owned the only grocery store there in town. There was one tavern, which was the restaurant. And so growing up there through age 10, and then and my family moved to Las Vegas, but in, in that time in Michigan, I really learned the Midwestern values. I always say Michigan's a great place to be from. The Midwest is a great place to be from, but I don't want to live in the snow anymore. So therefore, I'm in Las Vegas. You know, I just learned from them to, if you work hard, you own your own business, you grow, you got to keep moving, you got to keep developing, you'll do well. What was ironic is nobody back then was talking to me about going to college. I didn't I didn't get my degrees until later in life. When I was 18, I was on my own and and out the door. So uh, I learned that over time, the value of education, but the value of running business and being in companies where you can lead and grow and uh, develop people and run P&Ls and you know, be an entrepreneur, that, that was really just instilled in uh, my belief system from the early days. When you were in the snow in, in Michigan, um, what part of Michigan was that town, town in? Was that in the Upper Peninsula? Or? Lower Peninsula, uh, southwestern corner. Yep. 
So when you when you were playing in the snow, I'm sure that you were digging a, a snow cavern and climbing into it and sitting there saying, one day I'm going to install entrepreneurial operating systems in companies' businesses. I'm sure that's right. Number one, am I am I wrong? And and number two, what made you leave the the corporate and go out to do this? Because Cox Communications, significant company. Yeah. Great question. I So I retired from Cox 2017, and I knew for 30 years that I wanted to have my own training company. And I always thought, because at that time I was in media, that it would be working with broadcast stations or radio stations and helping them troubleshoot, implementing training programs for them, etc. But fast forward to uh, to the time that I went and became an implementer in 2019, I realized that the uh, media had just, I had gone in a different direction. Media was uh, very fragmented and that's not where my, I, I loved media for 26 years, but that's not where I wanted to focus in my next chapter. And I found EOS and I thought, this brings together my two passions. One is that I love working with business leaders to help them grow and thrive and, and run great businesses, which I got to do a lot of in media. And secondly, it it helps me live my second passion, which is helping individual leaders grow and develop. And I believe leaders replace themselves as evidenced by creating other leaders. And so those two things I get to do in this capacity so I knew I wanted a training company 30 years earlier. I just thought it would be training something else. And then I found the system and it's just, it just brings my talents together and the things that I love to do and uh, are best at. And I get to do it with clients every day. And so it's very fulfilling for me. And, and I would say it's the same for them. So my goal is that they all get to live their EOS life too. So at 18... You left home in Vegas to do what? Uh, <laughs> Ironically, I went back to Michigan. So I thought I thought I wanted to, you know, when I left, I was 10. So I was that's all I knew. Came to Vegas, very different than a little farm community in Michigan. So I went back and uh, stayed about four months. And I thought, okay, now I'm very clear. I have closure that I, I love it here. My family, my grandparents were there and uh, extended cousins and everybody else was there. Great. Love y'all. And I don't want to live here, but I'll visit often. So, so I stayed for four months and then came back to Vegas. And back in that era, Vegas was forming itself, right? And, and it's it, like New York City. It's kind of morphed into a wonderland sort of thing. What was it like being a young person in Las Vegas and how did you navigate that as being sort of a, a, a woman in business and, you know, rising up through the ranks of a company? Being a kid and, and coming from this little farm community to the lights of Las Vegas it just was awe-inspiring. I mean, I remember the first drive down the strip back then, and I, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I never had seen buildings that big or, or lights like that, and it was very exciting. And then growing up here, I lived in uh, Henderson, which is an extension now of, of Las Vegas. And there was one high school. 
So it was much bigger than where I had come from, but it was still small enough, about 100,000 people at the time, that it felt like a hometown. And, and so it felt like a similar experience to what I had left. And then getting into media eventually is when I really started, that was really my first career, 26 years in media, starting as a scrappy radio rep in Las Vegas. They used to call us radio reptiles back then. <laughs> so I, I, I got the, the training manuals, which were three or four brochures. And uh, the leader said, here, read these. You're good to go. And by the way, you're on straight commission for three months, sink or swim. Good luck to you. Hope hope you make it. So that's that's how I got started in radio and and just worked my way up through the ranks and then ultimately went into sales leadership and broadcast TV and then and then ran markets for Cox for ad sales and and was part of the senior team for Cox Cable in California, Nevada back and forth for 16 years. And that's where I gained a lot of experience, especially dealing with people people issues and uh, and running big companies. Well, unfortunately, we're going to run out of time, Shelley. It's been great talking with you. But before we wrap this up, Vegas, Michigan, California. Did you actually live in California or working for you? Yeah. Did, yeah. What part of California was that? San Diego. Just moved back to Vegas last year. I was there for okay. a night. Yeah. So you've got this love affair with Vegas. You keep going back there. It's, I that's know, fascinating. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so before we go, who would you like to pick up the phone and call Shelley Woodrow, 555 Shelley Woodrow. And if you haven't got a phone, how can they contact you? <laughs> well, Shelley.Woodrow at EOSWorldwide.com is my e- email. So Shelley with an EY, Shelley.Woodrow at EOSWorldwide.com. Call me as well, 702-860-4087. And uh, it's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, we've had folks give their email address before, but that that's all in. So folks reach out, reach out to her. And who exactly would you be looking for if if they should get in touch? So target market for EOS is is really entrepreneurs and their leadership team members that have employees size uh, ranging from 10 to 250. Revenues does not matter. They can be located anywhere. I can work with clients virtually or in person. So I have clients in different places. And what's important is that the leadership team wants more than they're getting to today. They want to grow. They're respectful. They're frustrated. And that's when we can really help when they want more than they're getting. They're more afraid of the status quo than they are of change. So that's that's my ideal target market client. Brilliant. So nice to chat with you. We love particularly goofing around a little bit. So it's been fun to kind of go all sorts of different places with you. And um, I've never been to Vegas. So maybe I will have to, the way you describe it, maybe I'll have to go visit someday and and check it out. So all those lights I'm picturing as, yeah, (laughs) someday. So thanks so much for chatting with us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks, Shelley. I really appreciate your time and your your stories. Uh, growing up around a grocery store, the only grocery store in town, and being in a midwestern little town, uh, 
very interesting childhood. And then going from there to Vegas was, wow, what a culture shock that could have been. It's an awesome uh, American story. I love that. And I love the thinking about entrepreneurship at various levels. It was neat to kind of hear your understanding of that. And yeah, and the MBA stuff, you know, because I think it's, it is such a funny a funny degree you, you also can't say it wouldn't it be nice if an mba was called something like a cat so you could say oh yeah i've got my cat but you can't say i've got my mumba so umba is very close to mumba which is what happens in melbourne every year in march we have a festival called mumba and hmm. if our listeners actually want to go to australia melbourne in march to visit umba mumba um they may like to, first of all, get their businesses sorted out and go to thoughtpartnergroup.com, fill out our assessment, we'll get back to you and tell you some thoughts. It's true, yeah. And if, if you're thinking about that crazy umba down in, in Melbourne, go visit crazyumba.com. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm.